Today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at www.audibletrial.com slash sbfvgs. Welcome to Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover, episode 21. You're listening to the number one video game podcast on the internet that features my best friends. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Redding. Joining me is Mike Bacon Cookies Lopez. They are the best cookies. (laughs) Bacon's just getting in too many stuff. Too many things. Oh, man. (laughs) That's not possible. (laughs) Not possible. And David... And David, how am I doing it, Tate? <laughs> how am I doing it, you guys? I just, I just keep winning. I just wish I knew how. I just keep winning. I just don't, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a super guest friend joining us tonight, Mr. Alex Ramirez. What up? Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we are jazzed to have Alex. Alex and I go way back, all the way to our high school days. Wow. Playing rock and roll music shows together. That is a long uh, time. Yeah, eating entire Hostess cupcakes in one huge unhealthy bite. Those are the days. (laughs) Those were the days. You guys are animals. And and let me tell you, that is something I'm going to hand down to my children as well. Something that is an age-old tradition. It really really was special. (laughs) The Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover Podcast comes to you every fortnight with each of us coming to the table with one burning topic from the world of gaming. But first, what are you guys playing? David. (laughs) Do I always you go have to first. go first? You know the rules. <laughs> no, no. You know the rules. I can go first. Yeah. I've been playing David's game this time around. What? I've been playing Heroes of the Storm. But that's what? my game, Mike. I, you know, you, you kept talking about it, and I was like, ah, oh, let's see what the big deal is. It's actually super fun. So <laughs> yeah, I've been playing cool. that well, a bit. Well, I'm glad someone else agrees with me. Yeah. Uh, and then playing a ton of The Witcher 3 still. That game is just dense, and I'll probably be playing it forever. <laughs> Are you saying it's dumb? Dense isn't no. dumb? Uh, no, no, not dense. Um, dense as in off the chain. Uh, yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> On a scale of zero to off the chain, where do you put it? Uh, it's at least two chains. Two chains. Oh, wow. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. I know it's current. Um, but because I don't want to just talk about the Witcher all the time, even though it's super great, I've been trying to mix other things in too. So I've also been playing mm. drive club, which I'm terrible oh, at, yeah. but it's really pretty. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, fun. I enjoyed yeah, it. I, I like played it. the the free PS Plus edition a yep, little that's bit. What I'm playing. Yeah, and then I, I done played that Monument Valley on my cell phone. Oh, that was real yeah. good. That's Love awesome. that game. I recommend it to everybody. And then I also started Super Exploding Zoo with my daughter, and that's a good time. Oh man, I haven't even tried that one. That was one of the the free games from uh, June, right? Uh, no, no, it's actually the free games we just got this Tuesday. Super Exploding Zoo is. I think. Oh, maybe no, maybe I'm mistaken. I think you're lying to I the audience. Know. I got so many games <laughs> I haven't played yet. I just like oh, a list. fiver. <laughs> but yeah, uh, there's zoo animals and they explode and I've been playing that. <laughs> Is it like tower defense? Is that right? Kind of. Yeah. Like generally it's, it's kind of like that mixed with like a puzzle game. So there'll oh, okay. be an egg you have to protect and you have animals and each animal has a different property. So like crocodiles can create bridges to get to other animals Monkeys can climb walls, and penguins just—they just explode. <laughs> yeah, as, as they do. do in nature. 
Exactly. <laughs> Space you in nature. I remember Mor- Morgan Freeman told me that, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> On the penguin documentary. And then the penguins explode. That's, that's my best Morgan Freeman. It's really good. Oh, thanks. You should do it all the time. Yeah. What are you playing, Alex? Um, there's really no need to play anything else but Batman right now. It's all about yes. Batman. Yes. Correct. Correct. And actually, we're going to have to talk Batman a little bit because yeah. that's what I've been playing. And I played too. some Chrono Trigger. I've actually jumped like headlong back into Chrono Trigger. Oh, I'm I had, so proud of you. I had I had like not touched it in a couple of months. Felt really ashamed deep down, and so I've been playing Chrono Trigger. I'm probably about halfway through the game now, and it's awesome. And it kind of this is kind of crazy. This is how good Chrono Trigger is. I was sitting at home the other night, and I was like, I got I got the Jones to play a video game. And I'm right in front of my PS4, and Batman's in there. I know it is. <laughs> it didn't go and anywhere. It didn't leave. It didn't go anywhere. It's in there. And I wanted to play Chrono Trigger deep in my heart. And I was like, oh, my gosh. That's crazy. That's weird. Yeah, that crazy, is kind of weird. But anyway, so... I did want to tell Mike something before we go any further. Mike, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I have been listening to the podcast, and I know about your love for Chrono Trigger. And I, I didn't want you to find out from anyone else. I wanted you to hear it from me directly. I have never played... <laughs> Oh my gosh. And I'm so sorry. (laughs) You know, Mike, I've started to detect a trend. I think you should stop being so exuberantly disappointed at people for not playing it because it It seems to be pretty common. I I don't know. Well, you know, and and we're actually going to touch on that a little bit during my topic uh, this evening. So I, uh, let's, let's, let's save it a little bit. All right. We'll shelve that conversation. Yeah. Slow your roll, (laughs) gents. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, um, playing Chrono Trigger, playing Ib and Ob, um, which is an awesome, that's a, like a two, it's a two player co-op platformer where one person is like below the world and one person is above and you got to kind of help each other and work through all the puzzles and it's awesome. Huh. So, um playing Ibn Ab with my boy Elliot. Um but yeah, mostly Batman. It's and all about that I'm Batman. So jelly. Batman. Man, Batman's so good. Batman enough said. And, and <laughs> I feel the need because I keep hearing on different podcasts and different this and different that. Uh people are like, "Oh, there's too many tank missions." Tank missions are lame, you know, and and all this, and I'm just like, I actually am I the only one that really likes them? No, I'm, I don't I'm know. Quite enjoying the tank as well. I I think um, it's a nice little change of pace. Like you keep, you know, you can't just go beating people up all the time. Sometimes you gotta hop in a tank, you know. Sometimes you gotta hop in the bat tank and blow some fools up. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, what do you think, Alex? I, I love the tank mission. I, I love everything in that game. I, it's one of those games that I've been excited about this game for a long time, and it actually exceeded my expectations once I started playing it. Oh, and, yeah. Um, that's that's rare, and it's it's a welcome change, and I, I love everything about it. All the, the Batmobile stuff, all of the, you know, the normal, the Predator missions and all that. It's just such a great game. It's it's all, all around yeah. a great game. I feel like this is the game that I've wanted since 1989 when i first watched batman <laughs> starring michael keaton and jack nicholson there's definitely a lot yeah. of tim burton's version of batman and in, in the look of like gotham and everything at least i think oh, so you know and and the the true well i mean if you watch those old movies there there the art direction is a lot more art deco you know but mm-hmm. um but there are things that tim burton did that have definitely stuck with batman it, probably most notably um danny elfman's score 
Oh my goodness, um, yeah. 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 After that score, that's what Batman music is supposed to sound like. Something it's it's got to sound like that. It's that big orchestral, you know, bum 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 bum. You know, it's like it even if it's not exactly that theme, it's something it's that mood, you know. Mm-hmm. And didn't he so. also do the score for the uh, Batman animated series? Uh, I thought remember. or at least not the score well, of the I series, think, but I think a, they the licensed no, I think they did license the the music though from those films, um, at least some somewhat. I, I can't I'm gonna look it up. Exactly. I, I'm yeah. pretty sure he wrote the theme. So yeah, I like it. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Batman, Batman's awesome. Um, yeah, just the story. I'm about halfway through the story. I think. Um, I think Alex, you're probably about the same spot, right? I, I'm about halfway, and the story. Um, it, it's it was shocking. Some some of the things that happened in the story are shocking. Oh my and, gosh! And, and, I want to play it. And I'll get too a, spoilery. Uh, I'm not yeah, going to no, spoil we, we it because it is it is amazing. It's just um, too good to spoil. It, it really know? is. It really is. And and it just just the way that uh, Arkham City um, ended as well. Like that mm-hmm. kind of it was it was a shocking ending. It it this happened midway through the game. It's just this, these shockers that come and it's yeah, like, it's amazing. It's it's yeah. such a great story. The story is awesome. so good. Yeah, so I mean, there you can tell a lot of heart went into this game, and uh, yeah, I mean, just I love zooming around the Batmobile, and then you get a launch out of there, and you you're gliding through the skies. Something that I wanted to point out, though, that I really love about it is um, how as you play further and further, you know, into the story, it opens up more and more of these side missions. So I, right now, I have basically a full wheel of different types of side missions I can do, mm-hmm. um, and after you do one of them, you realize, oh this is this kind of Batman Arkham gameplay for these missions. And this, this side mission over here is these kinds of Batman Arkham gameplay. So like, if you really love like the stealth kind of sections of like Arkham city or Arkham uh, asylum, then you can go do like the two face missions. And they're basically all like the predator mode kind of thing. You know, oh, or, super like, cool. um, if know you that. really want to do like a driving thing, you can do these, these high speed vehicle takedowns across the city or um, these, if you just want to beat a bunch of dudes up, you go rescue a firefighter and beat up all the dudes that are protecting him. You know, like there's so many, like it, like you can look at the wheel after you've done a few of these missions, you can say, I'm in the mood to go do this exact thing right now. And then you go do it. And it's awesome. I like, I, I, they, the way they pulled that off is really masterful. That's so, very cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm just sort of scratching the surface. I'm, I should probably tell you guys what games I've been playing lately. Yes. Um, uh, yes. It mostly consists of Batman. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also just a tiny bit of Heroes of the Storm thrown in because they released a new map and uh, a new hero and stuff. So I've been messing around with that. Um, but mostly Batman. And I love it too. So I just wanted to yeah. just say that it's real good, quick. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. So you guys want to hop into the news? Because I'm ready to hop into that news. I've got some news items here. And, and uh, I just wanted to post a quick update about uh, who composed the score to uh, the oh, animated yeah. series okay, theme. Okay, good. Uh, I couldn't look it up because my internet doesn't work. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so David. Wait, having, you're having problems with your internet. I didn't know about this. <laughs> David's having some severe internet problems right now. It's, I am connected. It's a wonder. It's a wonder of technology that you're even hearing him right I now. I know. I I'm connected to our server that we that we all record in via uh, LTE on my iPhone. So uh, hopefully my internet comes back so I can upload this audio track because uh, I'm recording separately. <laughs> So fingers yep. crossed. <laughs> That's a little bit uh, how the sausage is made, folks. Yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, news item. 
finally, you guys, finally, we can be the Batgirl. Oh man, do you watch that trailer? <laughs> so I have. We can be the Batgirl. That trailer I, looks so good. Yeah, it looks really good. It's called uh, a Matter of Family DLC. It's coming out tomorrow, quote unquote, July fourteenth. Um, if you're listening to this the first day we post the uh, podcast, so it'll come out the fourteenth for season pass, folks. Everyone else will get it uh, the next week on the twenty first. And I found this kind of interesting. It's actually made by WB Games Montreal, uh, the oh, makers I didn't know that. of uh, Arkham Origins. Yeah. So Very and cool. it's, I did and it's not know set that. Uh, it's set before Arkham Asylum. So I'm yes. I'm really curious to see, you know, how they did. Like they basically just got to let loose in this new Rock City engine and um, and go for it, make some cool content. So yeah, if the I'm, reviews uh, of that DLC are good, then I might get the season pass. But I don't okay. I don't know yet. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Yeah, but. we'll get into that. Man, yeah, I was excited to see uh, that trailer and. Uh, hearing Mark Hamill in there and seeing Harley in her original uh, costume from the animated series. Oh, thank Finally. Uh, that's uh, cool. so by far the it's, better It's costume. all I've been waiting for. The yeah. best I, version I, of Harley. I didn't, know, I didn't know if everyone knew about Mark Hamill, because I remember when Arkham City came out, that was supposedly his last. I mean, yeah, he was always, everywhere he saying that was his last. <laughs> he uh, but I, I didn't know he was going to be in this one, so yeah, when I, I no saw idea. the joke, when I saw the Joker come up, I instantly put down the controller, picked up my phone, and said, "Is this Mark Hamill? Because it sounds a lot like Mark Hamill." <laughs> yeah, sure and did. And your phone was, told and you? I was so, I, my phone told me. That. <laughs> and why yeah, would it lie? Really, you know? Why would it lie? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, not to get spoilery, but there's some flashbacky kind of uh, interesting stuff that goes on. Um, but anyway, so you see, uh, yeah, Mark Hamill came back. And yeah, he, I know. he never wants to, and he always does. And I, I, love I him didn't for it. realize that he said it all the time. Uh, yeah. I, I totally believed it after Arkham. What was it? Arkham City. Yeah, but I feel like I think he said the same thing after Arkham Asylum. He did. Okay, he Arkham did? Asylum's gonna be my last, my last, last time, as time the Joker. ever doing the Joker. And then everyone else signed on for Arkham City. He's like, okay, I'll do Arkham City. <laughs> I feel like and then everyone else signed on for Arkham. Uh, <laughs> everyone except Harley, by the way. They've replaced Harley, but she sounds exactly the same. So yeah, Tara Strong does Harley now. She's been doing it, I think, for all the Arkham games. No, she but no. The first Arkham game the first was the original actress, and then the uh, oh, City they replaced her with. Strong. Okay, yeah, Tara Strong does a great job. So. Yeah, yeah, she's talented. She was also the voice of Bubbles from uh, the Powerpuff Girls. Oh, Fun Powerpuff. fact. <laughs> Good times. Um, have you, uh, Alex, being that you were a 360 man up until you got your PS4 Batman edition with Batman on it, um, <laughs> you probably have never played Journey, right? Never. never oh, have. man. It's a good so one. I just got word. I just, I have my sources, you guys. I just got word, though, that Journey's coming to PS4 on the 21st. Yes. Well, that's awesome. My source is the internet. Every It's everyone's yes. source. But, <laughs> oh, uh, man, that's a really good source. <laughs> and and Although, I have, I've heard that everything on the internet is true. So it, yes. well, you I've can't heard. post if it's not true. Yeah, that's right. yeah, like it, there's there's rules where, you know, and you get <laughs> you get in trouble if you post lies. So. It's true. And you can't abuse it. You the can't internet it. police will knock on your door. <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm really excited to play Journey again. I you know played it on PS3. Um, it was awesome. I just really want to see that game running in 1080p's because that's that's the proper amount of p's. Yeah, that's that's just the right amount of p's. I find <laughs> <laughs> that that game had great reviews and it always looked very interesting. So I'm, I'm excited to play that. I'm excited yeah. for you to play it because now I'm curious because I feel like uh, PlayStation veterans have probably talked about that game for so long that I wonder if it's too built up. 
That's, I don't know. I, I don't think always so, fear but... for that with uh, The Last of Us as well, because we're always like, you know, oh my gosh, it's the last the game ever made. <laughs> you know, so you, if if you just go into the ex- with the expectation that it's going to be a good game, because I knew it's a Naughty Dog game, it's going to be good. Um, going into it, and then it, then I was really, I really loved it. So I mean, I feel like try your best just to go in thinking of it as a good game, and then see how it it treats you. But, yeah, uh, I don't want to yeah. overhype it, but it's a it's a super magical experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Journey's really cool. It's like a, just a two hour experience. I'd recommend just like sitting down and playing it start to finish. You know, and uh, it's I don't know, it's really awesome. But anyway, um, next on my list here, I have No Man's Sky. Now I know last time we talked about how like I don't want to see any more of this until I can play it. And that was a big lie because the first, <laughs> the first second I got a chance to view like an actual deep dive of the gameplay, it was like an 18 minute demo with an IGN. Um, and basically, uh, what's his name? Sean, somebody, the British. Oh, dude. Sean Murray. Yep. Yes. So he's, um, he's basically doing this deep dive, given a, a demo of like the various systems, kind of explaining the game for the very first time. And I'm so jazzed for that game now. It's, it looks like this just amazing, uh, I don't know, like you're just running around collecting resources and upgrading and there's this whole economy in the game and there's there's like a wanted level you can build up if you start, you know, just making the uh, space cops angry. And, uh, <laughs> space you know, cops, I like <laughs> Yeah, if I enact my plan to start killing space dinosaurs... I'm going to have a pretty high wanted level. <laughs> yeah. And so there's all these different mechanics in there that we've, we're seeing for the first time and it looks really great. So I'm really hoping that that one does come out this year because that'll be a really awesome game. It's mind boggling when he, when he pulls away and you see the solar system that you're in I know. and then he pulls away a little bit further. You see the galaxy and then he just pulls away for like, like 15, 20 seconds and just keeps <laughs> pulling away. And it's like, what is happening yeah <laughs> like i can't comprehend how big the game is like my and that's, brain broke yeah and that's the awesome <laughs> thing because that's kind of like that feeling you get when you look out into the the real night sky you know and so yeah they've uh they've really pulled off that sense of wonder i think but um i'm curious to see if that game ends up having i mean multiplayer is kind of an expected thing but i don't know if it's gonna have like a co-op mode you know what i mean yeah that would be cool you know, yeah. it, it's something that struck me in that little IGN demo that I saw was uh, the menu system actually looks quite a bit like the Destiny menu. <laughs> it looks exactly oh, it? like it, yes. <laughs> yeah, like you even move a little round cursor. I was like, that. wow, that looks exactly like Destiny. That's crazy. I wonder if that was like a coincidence or if it was like, oh, well, we need a UI. I ah, just do that one. Just do the <laughs> Destiny one. No, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, and they've been really cagey about the online stuff, right? Like they—it's weird because really there's no straight answer. Um, the only thing I think we know for sure is that there's there's multiplayer in the sense of uh, almost like a Dark Souls style. Like you can go places and see that other people have been there, maybe see things that they've done, yeah, uh, or what they've discovered. But not—they haven't flat out said you'll be able to play with other people, and they haven't said you can't do that either. So yeah. I don't know. In I'm that curious. demo. Uh, he does say though, like, you know, here's, here's like a little trading station where, you know, you can go to trade things or, you know, see that ship there. That could be another person. Um, huh. but then he yeah, it also, could also said be like an auction house kind of thing though. 
Yeah. So then he also said, though, another time that the universe is so huge, the odds of you finding another person is really, really slim. Oh, that's interesting. Um, And they've said that it's not an MMO. So I don't know if that means that, like, there is a chance that you would find someone or if you can. I would uh, I would search the universe for you, Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Every star. That's so sweet. sweet. I'm hearing a Titanic theme song. (laughs) Alex, I don't know you well enough yet. But we'll see at the end of this podcast. If I start playing Chrono Trigger, you might try to find me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Have you guys heard about Mel? Uh, I haven't no? actually. I was like, that's a pretty good indicator. We have not. That's a, that's a no. Okay, so <laughs> Mel is a free prequel to Portal Two. Oh, oh okay, I have no, heard I did of it. hear about this. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, so this is the the description on Polygon. Um, it can actually hang with Portal Two. It's a fully voice acted, gargantuan take on the franchise with the hardest puzzles the series has ever seen and production values for days. And it's totally free, only requiring that you own Portal Two on Steam in order to gain entry. So basically, there's an indie studio, I can't remember the name of them offhand, um, that I think probably just to get their name out there, created this amazing Portal 2 prequel. And (laughs) allegedly, it's super polished, and it's really awesome. So David, you'll have to report back on this, because you have Portal 2 on Steam, right? I do. And uh, actually, I just got this fancy new capture card. So I should uh, I should put that to the test and record myself playing this. I like it. This portal prequel. Yeah, I think this is a great idea. All right. You got to fire up that YouTube channel again, David, because it's been a little while. Oh, I'll probably put this one on the Super Best Friends one since we're talking about it on the Super Best Friends. So. All right. I like it. I like it. All right, so that's awesome. I can't wait to see more of that. Um, I may have to join the dark side of the PC world and finally yeah, play just, that. Just build yourself mm. a several thousand dollar computer and uh, get ready. Yeah, <laughs> what, those one. What was it? The Nvidia X or something? Yeah, get the Titan. The Titan card? X. The Titan. The Titan. That's yeah. The, yeah, Titan X. Just pick one um, of those up real quick, and uh, you know, maybe a Intel i7. You know, um, let's say four gigahertz, and uh, might as well put like 64 mega or gigabits of RAM in there while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? So <laughs> just throw it in. Just yeah, toss it on in. Yeah, no big one. <laughs> so um, the last thing I have on here is not really a news item. So I don't know why I'm shoehorning it into the news. But my buddy Jesse texted me the other day. and Is this Jesse starts... from Nashville? Jesse Palmer. Yeah, okay. I know. Yeah, him. yeah. So Jesse texts me and he says he's been he's listening to the podcast at work. Oh, and I didn't even know he listened. So hi, Jesse. I'm flattered. Yeah. So (laughs) anyway, um, so he, uh, he says he's listening to the podcast at work. Um, and he has just put together a retro pie. Are you guys familiar with this? I have no idea. Sounds sounds delicious. Okay. (laughs) Well, it sounds delicious, but it might have gone bad by now if it's retro. (laughs) (laughs) So a retro pie is a raspberry pie too. Um, oh. with this, uh, essentially this software called RetroPie, and it has emulators for, um, for every system, basically going back to the beginning of video games, all the <laughs> way through PlayStation 1 and like Sega CD. Oh, um, wow. And so basically you, you toss this on there. It's got this really nice interface. Um, it actually runs super nin- or, uh, like Nintendo 64 games and PlayStation 1 games really well. Hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, and you just load it with ROMs and you're good to go. So... I am intrigued, and I'm thinking of building one of these things. 
Now, what so, kind of like cabinet or whatever would you put it in? Well, I don't know. You, there's all kinds of cool ways you can do it. Uh, the one I saw, I saw this guy build one, and he was clearly a, an arcade fan because he made like a like a homemade. It was on YouTube, just a homemade arcade cabinet that was maybe oh, like man. a foot and a half tall that had the Raspberry Pi inside it and like a fight stick, and then he <laughs> he just like fired up a 32x emulator and uh, put on Mortal Kombat two. <laughs> That's like, awesome, man! This is so cool. So, um, yeah. So I'm I'm. I'm pretty tempted by this prospect right now. What are you, what are you guys' thoughts, feelings, reservations? I think it's cool. Um, I like emulation in theory, but mm-hmm. for some reason, you know, I, I, have, I have a really good emulator. It's called OpenMU on my laptop right now, and it can play everything through those eras too, up to mm-hmm. PS1 and N64. Uh, I play it like... I'll, I'll like download a game I got nostalgic for, like Parappa. I you know I downloaded mm-hmm. Parappa and played it on that, and yeah. it was fun. But then I just stopped playing it, and I'm playing Batman instead. You know, like I like emulation, but I never find myself going back and playing anything really, like mm. substantially. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I used to be a lot more into it uh, before I got my Vita, and now that there's so many like PS1 classics that are available for that, and uh, yeah, I kind of just buy them all again on the Vita. That's true. It is there. I mean, the thing is, like, like I've been playing Chrono Trigger on the Vita. Um, mm-hmm. I bought the uh, Suikoden Two, and I picked up, or I I haven't picked up yet. But I next I'm going to pick up. As far as my retro gaming goes, I'm going to pick up Symphony of the Night Ooh, and play good. it on Vita. And so all of those are really great to play with a controller that is kind of, you know, made for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Well, you can connect a DualShock Four to a laptop or you that's, know a Mac. That's or very PC. true, and and you can get yeah, just a USB um, controller, and they have different ones that work with the the, re- the RetroPie. I think uh, Logan, friend of the show, Logan, I, I saw a picture of him playing Mega Man the other day on one. Um, so pretty cool. Well, I'm tempted. Twitter questions. Twitter questions. Oh, there's our theme song. I just randomly <laughs> theme came up song. With it. Twitter questions. <laughs> so, all right. The first Twitter question we have comes from the wrong. He says, um, what was the first game you ever skipped school or work for? And what was the last game? Bonus points. If you got caught, <laughs> do you remember any? Uh, well, I'm going to start out because mine's really boring. Um, my whole life, as long as I can remember, I've always been compelled to be a rule follower for some reason. Oh. I I never want to break the rules. Um, oh, boy. So I've never done it, ever. You've never done it? <laughs> no. A, I, and all this time, I thought you were just like wearing a leather jacket, riding your motorcycle around, <laughs> being a rebel who played by nobody's rules but his own. No, and this also may explain why I'm single, but... I am just a complete <laughs> rule follower. <laughs> no, you just need to no find a boy. nice young lady. Find a nice young lady who also loves following rules. <laughs> and there they're, you go. They're out there, David. They're out there. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> There'll be a rule follower that wants to turn a bad boy into a rule follower. So I'm already a rule follower, so I'm boring. So that's so maybe make it to you, make someone. it, David. You need someone who wants to turn you into a bad boy. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. This sounds Either like that, great or, advice, or actually. You just, you just pretend you're a bad boy. So yeah. it'd be very easy to make that transition 
to you say, hey, look, you did change me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you're just super effective and exactly. it happened real fast oh you're yeah. like you're like my uh the pokemon that i am weak against never mind you said super effective and i tried to make a pokemon joke but i failed <laughs> <laughs> no I, you were cutting out i couldn't hear what you said so oh, okay i well, heard the it was a pokemon reference and, yeah i'm sure I've, the podcast will hear it and then they'll hear us not laughing and they'll think man that david is a <laughs> he is just not funny i'll just chalk it up not to funny. having not played a pokemon game so. yeah yeah <laughs> so um i honestly can't remember the first one i don't know if i ever did skip school for a game i don't think my folks would have allowed it back in the day but uh but yeah i do i i have become more of a a rebel in my old age oh man and back in march i called off sick and i to play south park the stick of truth (laughs) so that game that was worth it worth every every uh sick hour i used (laughs) (laughs) i can't remember if i've done one more recently of this but way way back when i worked at uh i worked at best buy and um elder scrolls oblivion came out mm. and my oh, boss was really was into awesome. it and i yeah i had been looking forward to it and it came out my boss picked up two copies and was like mike we're gonna buy these <laughs> and then we're gonna go home and we're gonna play them <laughs> and i was like we can't both leave and he was like i'm your boss and i say we can wow and so i bought it and i clocked out That's and i went amazing. home and i played it all day long and it was fantastic <laughs> and i'm pretty sure everyone else Man, there hated me so. for about a week <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's pretty it, was, awesome. uh, it was not a nice thing to do, but that game was fun. <laughs> what about you, Alex? There was only one for me. Um, uh, when Halo 2 came out, I skipped work to play because I stayed up to buy it. I, st- I stood in line till oh, yeah. you know, 12 o'clock, 1230, got home at you know 1.30 and uh, played it and then couldn't go to work the next day because I was <laughs> devastated. <laughs> so, just called it. Oh, I'm so sick of playing oh, games. <laughs> oh, you know what? I do get bonus points because I did get caught. Now that I think about it, <laughs> I, uh, I I can't remember what game it was though. There was a game I was playing around that same time working at Best Buy, and it was my day off. I didn't really cut work for this, but one of my bosses called me and said, "Hey, Mike, we're short on guys. Can you please come into work today?" And I was like, oh, no, man, today I really can't. Um, just super busy. And I was busy, busy playing games. But then I made the mistake of going to work the next day, being super excited about it, and talking to my buddy Ken, and like just talking about the game I was playing, and my boss standing behind me. He's like, huh, so that's what you were doing yesterday when you were real busy, huh? Oh, <laughs> man. Um, yeah. Oh, man, Busted. I was. So, you're such a bad boy, Mike. You I know. Are. I could have all the ladies that follow the rules I want. <laughs> so, oh, um, that's not a true statement. <laughs> Our buddy Ryan writes, um, what was the first third-party developer of which you became a fan? That was a very grammatically correct question. Uh, the first logo. <laughs> Unlike your explanation of it. <laughs> yeah. uh, the very first logo uh, before the start screen to excite you. Uh, it's got to be Capcom. Yeah, I yeah. was going to say Capcom also. Konami gets a close second. I don't remember Ooh, yeah, what game it was, too. but I remember it coming up and like flashing, and I'm like, ooh. But uh, the Capcom, like the little jingle is forever ingrained in my head. I can't sing it because it's made on a keyboard and it's not designed for human mouths, but it's <laughs> every, you know, I hear it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So I was initially thinking Konami, but 
then when I started thinking about it, even before that, I think, well, I started thinking Konami and then I was like, oh, but they're, aren't they just a publisher? And that's not really the dev when I looked back at his question. But I started thinking, man, LucasArts. Oh, I, okay. Yeah. Man, that's back fair. in the day, LucasArts, that, that logo, that little sparkly <laughs> logo, the Monkey Island, Day of the Tentacle. Yeah. Uh, Rebel Assault. One. Remember Rebel Assault? And they Assault? were always different. Every every LucasArts thing was like themed uh, based yeah. on the game that it came with. So that's a good, yeah, that's and a like, good pick. Um, yeah, Star Wars Dark Forces, Super Star Wars. So there were just a slew of awesome games in that in that time uh, from those guys. So Yeah. Um, we have a surprise question. You guys don't know about oh. this one. Super surprise. From Havoc. Mr. Havoc from PixelReboot.com. He wants to hear about how gaming can help nonprofits and charities get help, time, and money from gamers. So I started oh. thinking about this. Um, of course, there's there's a few like really great uh, gaming charities. Extra Life comes to mind. Yeah. Um, and where that's essentially where people sign up and get sponsors and play games for 24 hours straight. Um, which you don't even have to sponsor me. I'll just do that. <laughs> so. But I guess the money goes to a good charity. So yeah, what's the uh, uh, what's the Pinnerkey one? Is it Child's Play? I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Child's Play. I, that's it. I think they bring like games and books and all kinds of good stuff to kids who are like trying to, uh, I guess, just you know, to help their rehabilitation or, or whatever if they're in the hospital for a long time. Um, Humble Bundle. It's a good yeah, one Humble you, Bundle. That's the one I was going to bring up. That's a good yeah, way. Like you yeah. get like five games and you also get to put some of that money toward charity. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, or five, 10, some, I've gotten so many games from humble bundles. Yeah. Usually you end up paying like eight or $9 for, and you get like six games out of it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, uh, or you can pay more if you want to donate and you're trying to help out. Um, awesome games done quickly is pretty cool. Um, I've not heard of that one. That one is like, uh, basically people get sponsored to do speed runs. And so, oh, okay. The, yeah. I've, I've oh. heard of these ones. Yeah. So then, and then it goes to, uh, that charity. So, yeah. So if you guys do want to do some philanthropating, um, <laughs> just, uh, I think extra life is coming up in October. So I think they like back a, a year or two ago, they raised like $4 million on that charity. So I know wow. a child's play just started a new program, uh, where they're donating gifts to, uh, domestic violence shelters mm. so families who have like you know had to leave their homes due to, to violence in that home like maybe leaving a violent husband or a violent wife mm-hmm. uh, and taking their kids to these shelters um there's probably not a lot of things to do at a lot of these places and so they're taking donations for uh i, I think it's everything from like video games to board games just things for these families to do while they're there oh, that's cool yeah all right so next question comes from mr sharp Mr. Sharp, if you could play any game in VR, what would you play? He says, I'd personally try Assassin's Creed 2. And I followed up with him and he clarified Mirror's Edge 2, like Mirror's Edge style. So this is Assassin's Creed 2 from first person in VR. And he mentioned that like uh, doing the leap of faith off a tower into like a hay bale would be so amazing in VR. That seems mm -hmm. like a surefire way to get sick. (laughs) I feel like that would be so (laughs) awesome. But yeah, I'd probably barf. (laughs) Um, my pick for this is Bioshock infinite, like riding the skyline on, uh, in VR would be like, gosh, crazy awesome. (laughs) Vomit Um, inducing. 
maybe vomit inducing, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it'd be awesome too. Yeah. See, I, and I really think a lot of that, that VR would be well suited for a lot of games that have that kind of, that those height effects, like, um, you know, mm-hmm. even, even Batman soaring around and, oh, yeah. and flying around in the sky. Like that would just be getting boosted out of the Batmobile. That would just be an incredible, incredible experience. I bet. I mean, we're probably only about 30, 40 minutes from someone releasing a mod of, uh, of, I mean, basically, once that game comes out on PC, it's surefire someone's going to be playing it in Oculus, you know? Yeah, so definitely. That that does sound pretty awesome. Uh, I generally... I, oh, I was just going to say, I've said this before, but I just want to play Skyrim in VR. Get yeah. me on a treadmill. Let me, you know, let me burn <laughs> some calories while I'm exploring Skyrim. I'm, that would be so awesome. <laughs> you can get one of those weird little uh, circle things that yeah you, you get inside it and you walk all give me weird maybe up a plastic sword that it can track you know <laughs> <laughs> you hear that ladies that's what David's gonna be up to <laughs> I wouldn't look ridiculous at all <laughs> <laughs> if there's one way to that's meet amazing. the ladies it's by doing that <laughs> um what do you guys think I. I kind of gravitate back towards uh, games that work well in first person, but that don't have that I kind of action that I think would make me motion sick. So kind of like mm-hmm. Mech Warrior style games. What's that one uh, Project Morpheus game that's like it's like a three on three mech combat slash sports rigs game? rigs? They showed rigs, it off at E three. I saw that and I was like, man, that looks I I could totally handle that in VR. I yeah. think at yeah, least to start out with. Cool. I got to work my way up to the Assassin's Creed and the. Uh, and the mirror's edge. I, I can't start with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I might be insane, and and I'm pretty sure I am for for picking this because really I thought a Silent Hill game in VR would be oh the most gosh. terrifying thing, but oh. would probably be an incredible experience as well. I PT. I don't know if I'd be able to finish the whole game. Oh yeah, PT in VR. PT would be absolutely terrifying. Oh my gosh, I I screamed like. So much. Like, I was alone <laughs> at, at night playing PT by myself in the house, and I was just like, oh my gosh, that was terrifying. So, yeah, VR probably would have soiled myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, oh, what was that uh, game you were looking at, Mike? Um, it's kind of like a spiritual success for, successor to uh, to PT, like an indie studio's making. Oh, uh, yeah, there's an indie studio making. Gosh, what is that game called? Oh, I'll just, I'll just oh I've heard of that. You guys know what I'm talking about. Everyone's heard yeah. of that. It, it's very PT inspired. It looks terrifying. Um, I'm excited that it's that PT, even if it, even if Silent Hills, you know, has gone by the wayside and, and uh, we're never going to see like a full game from Guillermo. I like that that vibe is kind of permeating into other people's subconscious and they're making games out of it so yeah definitely uh, yeah that'll be cool um dave i'm gonna try it dave schoneveld schoneveld dave schoneveld sounds good to me yeah um he writes in he says favorite game to quote no wrong way to play um a la the no wrong way to play tumblr so i don't know if you guys seen that before just to break in real quick, the game we were, we were talking about, the horror game that looks real spooky, PT yeah. style, is Allison Road. Allison Road, huh. that's right, that's right. Yeah, that looks terrifying. And so, yeah, let's play that in Morpheus or Oculus. That's not, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so what is your favorite game to No Wrong Way to Play? And the No Wrong Way to Play Tumblr, if you're not familiar, is uh, a little aggregation, aggregate? Aggregate, I don't know, of uh, <laughs> of weird 
things that people do in games that are not like the main point of the game. So like they're like kind of like playing Bloodborne with a Guitar Hero guitar or um, playing Shadow of Mordor's Nemesis system as a Pokemon game. <laughs> like yeah. basically pitting the different captains against each other and making them battle. Um, so I kind of I kind of did this a lot when I was playing um, uh, Red Dead. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I had a blast just like saving my game. Like whenever I was kind of done playing like the story part of it, I didn't want to ruin things. Yeah, I'd, I'd make a save and then I'd go into town, just shoot everybody in the face, and then like <laughs> hole up in the saloon, fighting off like deputies and stuff as they would like charge, just to see how long I could last. Yeah, I don't know why I did that. But <laughs> it's I did it all the GTA time. thing. I think that's I think what kind it is. of that's what made GTA three so famous was that yeah, you can get on top of a parking garage and just start blowing up cars with a rocket launcher and then pretty soon like you're gonna be fighting off tanks and it's gonna be insane. It's like not the main point of the game, but it's you know, it's it was glorious. Well yeah. that that uh, was my pick was GTA Vice City art. Oh would, yeah. yeah. We would get full stars and we would get in a car and we would put cinematic mode and you'd have to do the entire chase in cinematic mode <laughs> and just awesome. to see how far you can get. And it was the craziest thing. We would laugh oh, so man, that sounds awesome. It was the best. That, that does sound awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. I actually, oh, go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, I don't, I don't really do this for some reason. Um, I tend to just, again, I'm a rule follower. You're so rule I just follower. play the game the way it's supposed to be played. Um, however, um, my, my brother started playing Arkham Knight, like my copy of Arkham Knight I was down visiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was playing and he started doing this weird little thing where every time Batman was looking on his wrist and talking to someone, he would spin the camera around so that the the person he was talking to looked like it was Batman. Like I do that he, too. They would have the, uh, the Batman I do that years. Too. It's yeah, I make Alfred. I make Alfred into Batman, like almost every time. <laughs> I line his face up um, on the AR display, like to where he's got the the two bat ears popping up over his head, and it's the greatest. My boys yeah. love when I do that. I think everybody does it. <laughs> I think everyone has to do it. As soon as you discover that it can be done, you have to do it. <laughs> I've had Batman, uh, Lucius Batman, too. A few Lucius times. Batman, yeah. Um, so I've been doing that with. Uh, Far Cry 4 and Mike and I we did some co-op oh we sure did we didn't do like a single mission oh man Far Cry 4 is just so much fun just to fool around in like um some of the things that you can do that are just insane um elephant jousting yeah that was so you can hop on (laughs) elephants and you charge at each other with bows and arrows and try to take each other out that is amazing Um, you can fish with explosives uh use like um, you know, C4 in the lake and blast an alligator out of the water or fish or whatever. <laughs> like, um, one of my favorites that I saw online though, I haven't done this, um, clay bear shooting. So, what? you know, like clay pigeon shooting, but this uh-huh. is with a live bear. So <laughs> play C4 all around a sleeping bear and then blow him sky high. <laughs> and while he's in the air, you try to blast him. Wow. <laughs> it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> So one of the ones that I heard about um, from the IGN guys, actually, it w- they were doing with uh, MGS5, Ground Zeroes, mm-hmm. um, is Sleep Jeep. And so Sleep Jeep, if you <laughs> haven't heard amazing. of this, Sleep Jeep is basically you go around tranquilizing guards and you you carry them to a Jeep and you keep throwing them in. And then you drive the Jeep off a cliff and dive out right before it goes off. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's Sleep Jeep. So. Wow. Um, 
But yeah, another thing uh, that I find myself doing that's not the point of the game at all is uh, just playing photographer in in game photo modes. Oh um, yeah, Infamous, Last of Us, Drive Club, The Order, like all those had like really good photo modes, and so I found myself just sitting there for way too long, like making cool pictures. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, all right. So we've come now to our community question. I uh, toss oh. this one out. Toss this one out to the folks. Um, community question for episode twenty-one: What do you guys think is the best development studio, indie or otherwise, in the business? Mm. So this is basically just boils down to who's your favorite studio, if you have one. Right. Uh, um, so everybody <clears throat> picks Naughty Dog, but what's like our second favorite? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Chaufi, Chaufi. We'll, we'll say it's Chaufie. Uh He says, Rockstar Games is the best. They always deliver a total package. Progressive graphics, story mechanics. Side note, I hate Rockstar <laughs> for taking decades between games. I'll be 80 when the next <laughs> game is out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty true. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm impressed that a 75-year-old is still playing, you know, Grand Theft Auto games. Yeah. So that's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> I, I just, I'm just happy that we can create content that appeals to people of all ages. You know, like we, we have a 75 year old listening to our podcast. That <laughs> is heartwarming. <laughs> yeah. Old Rusky says that's just way too hard. How do I pick just one way too much diversified talent to go around? So he, he says, that nay. is, that is it such a political answer. He, it can't be done. He says, you have um, to have a favorite. <laughs> our buddy Logan says rock steady. They gave us the best Batman game. That is ever. real true. Yeah, they are definitely one of my absolute favorites. Uh, they created the the new hot combat system that everyone's doing now. That everyone yeah. apes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Ryan reads, he says, I don't know about best, but I respect Blizzard's willingness and ability to delay or cancel games that aren't up to snuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I respect Obsidian Entertainment for delivering a Kickstarter game that one, stayed true to their goal, and two, released. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. Uh, Pillars of Eternity, I think he's talking about. Um, and he says, I respect Nintendo because Nintendo <laughs> and I respect Naughty Dog for the last of us, which is the only Naughty Dog game I've played so far other than Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> well, lucky for him, wow. the Uncharted collection coming out. This yeah, yeah that, seriously. that's really cool. I mean, um, Alex, have you played any, uh, Uncharted at all? I, I've had my eye on Uncharted for a long time, but I haven't played one. And I just oh, okay. saw, I just saw that first like opening gameplay of, uh, the new Uncharted coming out. Uncharted 4, yeah. Yeah, where he's chasing uh, Sam or ch- look, going after Sam or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It, that is amazing gameplay. It looks oh, incredible. Speaking of which, I could not control myself. And I watched <laughs> the whole thing, the whole behind, oh, yeah. behind the curtain demo of that. And I was so blown away. Like it I, what they showed, so What good. they showed during the conference was awesome. And it was great. I mean, I was really excited for the game then. And then I watched the, like what was shown behind closed doors, like the second half of that demo, and mm-hmm. I'm completely floored. I and like even by Naughty Dog standards, it is insanely great. So yeah, um, I, yeah, I watched that whole thing with just a smile on my face the whole time. <laughs> and then I was I was visiting my parents, and I showed my dad. I was like, "Hey, Dad, you've never watched a game." You know, for a long time, we haven't, you know, we haven't lived together. You haven't watched anyone playing video games. I want you to sit down and watch this, this clip from this game and tell me what you think. And he watched the whole thing and he was smiling the whole time. And he was like, oh my gosh, I wish movies were like that. You know, he, he was so <laughs> interested. He loved it. He was having a yeah. good time. 
Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. I is, that, is that true? Are they doing a, a collection of all the Uncharted's? Yeah. Yes, they yeah, are. They're going to do uh, the first three Uncharted's remastered. Oh, I'm so yeah, excited. So, yeah. Yeah. It'll be you are uh, in for a treat. I know those games, all three of them are awesome. And yeah, to see them in 1080p, I might just buy it because it comes with oh, an Uncharted 4 beta. Oh, I'll probably buy it. Yeah. There's no doubt. I'm buying it. If and I've only ever played... Difficulty, if Crushing Difficulty is unlocked from the start, then I will try to platinum those three games. Oh, yeah, oh, that'd be cool. man. Yeah, so I've I've only ever played each of those campaigns once. And so, yeah, I, I've I've forgotten a lot of it. So I'm, I'm really excited to go back through them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last Twitter question we come we come to here uh, is about Audible. Something about Audible trials. Uh-huh. Audible's offering listeners of this podcast a free audiobook. Do you know about this? I yes. don't. Tell me more. <laughs> so so wait, someone someone tweeted into us about Audible. Yeah, it's a Twitter question from wow. um, at Audible. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a free audiobook of their choice. Um, yeah, you can get a free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash sbfvgs choose from over 180,000 audio programs that's, that's a lot, a lot of, of books yeah you download a title free you start listing it's crazy alex our super guest friend tonight he has recommended the audiobook of ready player one by ernest klein oh, have you heard of, have I've you heard, heard of this that's book? good i haven't okay. i i have some amazon uh or some audible credits actually okay so here i'm about to sell you right now so All right. <laughs> this book, and Alex, you probably could give us a little bit better, but this is what the publisher had to say in the little description. Um, it's part quest novel, part love story, part virtual space opera set in a universe where spell-slinging mages battle giant Japanese robots, entire planets are inspired by Blade <laughs> Runner, and flying DeLoreans achieve light speed. <laughs> so it sounds wow. pretty awesome. Um, it sounds like everything from my childhood, like, just crammed into one novel so um, yeah seriously it's yeah, very it's very entertaining wonderful read that's awesome yeah so you can check that out on audible i just want to say i listened to one of my first audiobooks ever um so if if that doesn't sound like something you're interested in which i don't understand how but <laughs> if if it does sound like something you're not interested in um amy i listened to amy poehler's book um what was it yes please i think i think it's called yes please um, All right, and that was pretty good too. She was the lead, the star of Parks and Rec, and she's a very funny lady. Um, there's some salty language, but it's really, it's a really entertaining book. So, there's my salty language, huh? So, yeah, just a little bit here and there. She's not like every talking other about, word. Yeah, talking about French fries and all that. I, I get it. Um, <laughs> so anyway, to join up, just go to audibletrial.com/spfvgs. <laughs> That's audibletrial.com/spfvgs. All right, you guys. Topics. 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 <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <like> a, <laughs> a Mortal Kombat reference. All right, who wants to go first? My topic's going to probably take a while. Well, then you better get to well, it. Well, why don't we start with yours? Okay, all right. So this topic actually comes from the one, the only, Just Illa. Just Illa. Oh, getting some airtime. Yeah, and so I think once before he had submitted a question so meaty, in fact, that it became Mike's topic. Um, and now he's done it again. He has done it again. <laughs> he's a very, uh, he's, he's just a very he's entertaining. 
person to follow on Twitter, too. <laughs> yeah, and he's a deep thinker when it comes to gaming. So that's why this kind of sparked, um, I feel like, what would be a good discussion. So anyway, this is about the gaming generation gap. So he says, I'll just read his letter, and then we'll go from there. Um, he says, so I'm 17 which is contextually important for this question. As a, quote, millennial gamer, despite being born in 98, what am I going to miss and not experience? And what do older gamers miss now that they are no longer the stereotypical gaming demographic? In what ways is this generation gap changing gaming? Because it's the first time multiple generations have been gaming at once. Is my generation also not considered gamers by yours I like how he says we're so old here. I know. Um, <laughs> maybe he's well, 17. He, he so. was born the year I graduated from high school, so, he, so, so we're yeah. pretty old. Okay, we're, we're old. He could we're be old. your rule-following son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So is my generation also not considered gamers by yours because the majority of us haven't experienced what you, what you have game-wise? Um, while I have played what are now classics, a lot of my peers haven't played games like Super Metroid or Ocarina. Um, does this make us faux gamers? So I loved this because there's there's a lot to unpack here. Um, first off, uh, younger gamers, they kind of have this awesome advantage, I, I feel like, um, because they can, at the same time where, you know, they maybe their first console was like, my fourth console or whatever. It, it doesn't really matter in, in a lot of ways, especially now, because n- now you have a lot more availability for these older games and you have the context of history to go off of. So like you can just say, Oh, I'm just going to play the best games that ever came out, you know, for the yeah, last 25 yeah. years or whatever, you know, and mm-hmm. you skip all the fluff. Like you don't, you don't have to beat your head against the wall playing the original Ninja Turtles on NES because it's, it's not a good game. Even though yeah, I loved no, it at the play. time. <laughs> it's so mean. It's such a mean game. Here's here's the thing. Don't, I don't play Battletoads uh, either. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. I don't know if a 17-year-old can wrap their head around the idea that um, in our day, there were no trailers for games. Yeah. Um, we simply like would see like three screenshots in a magazine <laughs> yep. for a game that's coming out like in, or, in eight or nine months. And you're like, oh, that one screenshot, look, I'm sold. I got to buy it. Yeah. Or you could go into your garbage. video rental shop and see a cover that looks interesting and then rent it and then that's yeah, and it was like you... hand drawn it was probably like <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly it's like a picture of arnold from like predator and you're like oh, yeah. i have to play this now come on <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man i should i should add alex no you shouldn't add that i alex is actually the he's the guy who taught me how oh, to man. Arnold. he no. taught me how to arnold yeah oh alex so, we gotta hear it <laughs> yeah like basically i I moved, I moved to Nashville, uh, you know, just before high school. One year, my family moves back, um, and I go to one year of high school back in California. Then we move back to Nashville. So, because my family's insane, we love to move. So, um, that one year, Alex and I became lifelong pals. And so, but yeah, part of it was we bonded over our love of Arnold, <laughs> and our, and Alex and our friend Dustin could do this amazing Arnold impersonation. And and part of it was they they really had the gargle down, the Arnold gargle, the argle, if you will. The argle, yes. <laughs> so they could do the... Like, they could do that, like, better than anyone I had ever seen. And so, better than Arnold himself, probably. <laughs> yeah, Arnold can't do that anymore. He's too old. 
<laughs> so we ended up watching a ton of Arnold movies, uh, bonded. And eventually after just, it rubbed off on me and I, I learned to be Arnold. And, uh, yeah. So Alex, what do you think about this whole, and he never, he never looked back. <laughs> I never, never looked, looked back. back. I never, never looked back. Once you can impersonate Arnold, you just don't look back. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah, I remember moving back to Tennessee and being able to do this awesome Arnold impersonation suddenly, and it was just like I owe so much to Alex right now. All the all the fame, all the popularity. I I once won a karaoke contest. Oh yeah, by singing. I think I was by there. singing Weezer by singing Weezer's Buddy Holly in the vocal stylings of Arnold <laughs> yeah. Schwarzenegger, and I owe that to you, Alex. I was there that well, night. I, I'm I'm honored. <laughs> So. <laughs> I, I hate to put you on the spot, but can we hear a little of it? I don't know oh boy. about that. Well, why don't you just tell us about why you think, or what do you think about this question of just Illa's? <laughs> and, you know, wh- what do you think older gamers are going to miss out on? Um, you know, now the games are, you know, some games are going to be more targeted towards people younger than us. Like, what? what's, what's the deal with that, Arnold? <laughs> Get to the chopper! Oh, <laughs> 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 um, you were right. The gurgles. Suit. It's all about the gurgles. It's all about the gurgles. And Alex has a deeper voice than I do, so oh. it, it actually he's he's always been able to sound like at least twenty percent more authentic. <laughs> that is so, amazing. Like <laughs> so anyway, I was thinking about this. Um, I think older gamers are we're going to miss out on games that are geared toward kids, or that that are geared just skewed a little bit younger than us. That maybe we would have loved them when we were young, but. Mm-hmm. now we just have different interests like i just want to play batman right now, now i but, only like good you know, stuff you know <laughs> well I, like i i thought of like pokemon animal crossing yeah i, some of I these... totally missed the boat on pokemon like that blows some people's minds but it's like i was i don't huh. know by the time that came out i was like uh oh, that's kind of like that's like baby's first rpg to me like i don't <laughs> right right so like i've played both like those for... games so i don't know <laughs> not and not disparagingly like, I'm, I'm sure it's very fun it just doesn't appeal and to me and that's the thing like i think we were just a few years too old like a lot of people who are just maybe i don't know maybe 10 years younger than me or like i'm 34 so people who are 24 they grew up playing pokemon on, on like game boy and stuff and and i think we you know Little, there's always going to be that series that you just don't get, you know, you're like, I just yeah. don't, I don't understand the appeal, but yeah, everyone a, a few seems years to love back, it. A few years back, I went back and tried to play one. I can't remember which one it was now, but I tried to play it and I was like, I, I just, it's not clicking with me. Yeah. I don't understand what the deal is, but it's just not for me. Uh, my son it, loves it. He can't get enough Pokemon. He sure does. And he loves Animal Crossing too. So, um, and they're like Skylanders and stuff. That's obviously a little younger, even uh, skewed than than a lot of Pokemon yeah. and Animal Crossing fans. But um, my, my personal but yeah, take I mean, on this whole thing is that um, if, if the, uh, if the game is good, then it doesn't really matter what audience it's geared toward. Um, I will probably still like it. I, and I, and I can kind of relate. So what, what we're, what's happening right now to video games happened to movies about a hundred years ago or so, except, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the movies weren't for kids, but, but um, what I'm saying is multiple generations were watching it watching them, you know, after a little while. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, like, so you go to a Pixar movie and, you know, if it's a good Pixar movie, you're going to be entertained. And most, most of them are good. But so, you know, cause these things are still created by people that have good taste usually. 
So, yeah. um, you know, there's there's going to be the the money grabs like the the let's throw this, you know, this movie together with some fart jokes and the kids will love it. But and the adults will and have some it. dancing, some animals dancing to pop. music. Yeah, exactly. So that's Gosh. like the quick cash grab. And there are games like that, too, that are like, hey, let's just throw Shrek in a video game and kids will love it. Um, right, but then there's right. going to be like Pixar level, you know, games maybe made by Nintendo or. Um, you know, what, what, whatever developer makes games for younger, for all ages, let's put it that way. Um, yeah. And so like me, for example, I was in college when the first Pokemon came out or maybe not when it came out, but when I first played it and, um, Mm -hmm. and I actually still kind of enjoyed it. I, I had a pretty good time and that's because, you know, it's, it was, it was pretty good. So, Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, so I think the onus is not just on the developers to make a good game, but also I think gamers need to you know let themselves like be willing because i know a lot of people are like i will never watch cartoons they're for kids you know and uh, <laughs> you know that's yeah. a shame that you're, you're missing out on a whole aspect of good storytelling and so you know i know i have to tell the kids a lot of times like no you i'm sorry you can't watch this this cartoon is for grown-ups that's <laughs> <laughs> true so anyway i i feel like some gamers may need to get outside of the man if they're if i'm not like blowing people's heads off then that game's for babies and i don't want to play it right. you know yeah no and i i'm right there with you i i actually was thinking of pixar a lot you know during this thinking about this topic because there's the whole pixar principle where they make it work on multiple levels mm-hmm. you know there's like they it, it's there's something for the kids like the slapstick somebody falls down and then <laughs> in the next minute they make a joke that's way over the kid's head and i'm cracking up mm-hmm. and it's like you know, there's so much there and I feel like games are maturing in that same way. Yeah. There's, there's stuff that even when it's skewed younger, it'll still work for, for, uh, older gamers as well. Mm-hmm. But the average gamer, like we were talking about, um, I think in a recent <laughs> poll, average gamer is about 35 now. So it's kind of interesting to see we're now at this point where there's, there is something for everyone out there. You know, there's, there's, there are games that are, you know, from the youngest kids all the way up to, you know, stuff that, uh, you know, is, it's like, it's like Pixar versus Tarantino, you know, there's stuff that you don't want the kids anywhere near, but that is super crazy. Awesome. Um, you know, so, I mean, there's, I, and I feel like indie devs have done us a great service too. Um, and this is kind of changing, uh, gears a little but um, kind of the return, the popularity of pixel art games is, is kind of making it not quite so jarring for younger players to go back and see the old oh, that's a really good 16 point. bit games. Um, and also uh, indie devs that have brought back the, these kind of more arcadey old school experiences and made them accessible to us on newer consoles and stuff and on PC. So, I mean, there's, there's definitely like right now you could go and you could play guacamelee or you could play, um, I don't know. You could you could go out and any any indie studio out there that's making great games, and you're going to see all these influences uh, that they've taken from you know a lifetime of playing games, and you're going to get a lot of those same experiences, even if you never touched uh, Super Metroid. Like, and I, I mean, I may be alone in this, but I think Guacamelee is a better game than Super Metroid. I'm I know that that's sacrilegious hmm. for a lot of people. Yeah, it's pretty sacrilegious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think if you cut the nostalgia out of it, that yeah. I think in a lot of ways you could say Guacamelee is a better game. I mean, but it's, it's had time to draw from all these experiences and kind of like, it's, it's so refined where, you know, when you go back and you play the originals, yeah, these games are still amazing. And especially when you think about them in the context of the time they came out and what they changed and how everything changed after this game. 
Um, but you know, I, I he kind of touches on like people like maybe older gamers looking down on uh, on younger gamers because they never played this, they never played that. But I think yeah. I I don't know that I I never feel that way. Like I'm well, always see, I, I'm always yeah. just excited to show somebody. To- yeah, to kind of cut at the heart of the matter, I feel like if you play games, and I don't care what kind of game it is, if all you want to play is is Tetris, or if all you want to play is Telltale games, or if all you want to play is Madden, mm-hmm. like those were all gamers. Yeah, like they, yeah. You were playing a game, you're a gamer. And I really liked when we had, I think it was like episode eight, we had uh, uh, Blake J. Harris on. Mm-hmm. And this kind of came up, and he, and he said, do you remember a time like when we were, when we were young and we had Nintendos? And everybody played games. There wasn't any argument about who was a gamer and who wasn't. Yeah. Like everybody in your house played Mario because it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. And some people got a little older and just decided to stop doing mm-hmm. that. But I don't know. Like I feel like if you play, if you enjoy playing games of any kind, then you are a gamer. Yeah. And, and I I felt like I felt listening to this question. I felt like when when we were younger, I I didn't even remember the the term gamer. I don't remember. Right. Even no, that's a very the recent gamer. convention. Yeah. And and. It seems that like as games have gotten more competitive. I mean, I I have a millennial gamer in my house. My son mm-hmm. is fourteen, and um, I I would completely call him a gamer. Oh yeah, and it's just that competitive nature that everyone has now as well. Like in the multiplayer games and and um, you know, with the trophies and all the and leveling up and all that stuff. He plays Destiny like crazy, and <laughs> and he is so competitive with all of his friends and. I don't remember it being that intense when we were, when we <laughs> well, were online multiplayer didn't exist back then for one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and that that that's the other thing. The other part of that question, um, you know, what what he was asking, what the younger generation uh, missed out on, and I think I think exactly what they missed out on is the super best friend video game sleepover. Mm, yeah, you know, they, yeah, they don't yeah. have those. And and online multiplayer is not no, the same. It's, definitely it's not, not the same as it was. When I remember with, as Adam mentioned, my friend Dustin, I remember sitting up till five o'clock in the morning playing Rampage oh, and, yes. and beating <laughs> Rampage. And they, we, kids don't do that anymore. They oh, don't man. do that anymore at all. They miss out on it. Yeah, I can, I can recall so many times where I would have uh, buddies come over and we would stay up like, uh, you know, we've had, we've had these Twitter questions coming before where I've mentioned like, yeah, I started playing some at eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night and played until I had to go to work the next day at 7am. Mm-hmm. Um, because the local cop, I mean, it's just so much fun. Like fighting games, like fighting games. I love playing fighting games online. I'm glad I can do that, especially since all my friends have moved away, but it is not the same as having like four guys on the couch screaming at each other <laughs> or, girls. Or, girls. or girls there wasn't any girls in our group though. yeah i never had girls we didn't know any girls to come but they knew better <laughs> we're not cool yeah no i and i i totally know it i mean that's kind of that was part of the inspiration for the show in the in the first place was just that old nostalgia for uh the super best friends video game sleepover just the you know, just having all your friends over and staying up till three in the morning playing Shadow Run. You know, and just like, <laughs> right. just getting so or like, over you know, blood. Uh, how over blood <laughs> people. <laughs> so, uh, like, yeah, I mean, there's there's something to it. Like my my boy plays uh, Clash of Clans, yeah, um, right now with his friend online. And, but I still, I don't know, I don't know why, but I still want to encourage him. To like, yeah, just have him over, and then we'll we'll play like real games in front of the TV, you know? <laughs> and like, that's, I guess if I get snobbish at all, uh, about gamers, it's, it's only ever like, I, you know, when we're talking about 
people who only play like Candy Crush, oh, and that's yeah. it. You know, like that. If if I if I end up doing you know being a little snobbish about be- real gamers versus non, that would be the only time. But I ne- never never on age. Like like I you're never gonna catch me being ah oh, these young whippersnappers <laughs> never played Super Mario World. You know, yeah. And then like, but you know, even though like. We'll joke around like, ah, you never played Chrono Trigger or whatever. <laughs> like, well, yeah, and, and that's like, a good indicator that age is is no gauge of taste yeah. because you guys are all the same age as me about. Yeah. And none of you played it. <laughs> all missed it. <laughs> but like, you know, for, for the Illa, if I may. The Illa. If I may call him the Illa. Um, you know, one day he might find himself, you know, telling his kid like, ah, you never played the original Bioshock? Like, oh, it's what? guaranteed yeah. he's going to hit <laughs> yeah. that moment. Yeah. You know? He's going to be 30 someday yeah. and like trying to explain what Bioshock was it to people. It will happen yeah, to like, you. Yeah. Like my son's first game console uh, was the PS3. Uh, and like I asked him the other day, like, what is the first game that you ever remember playing? And he said, oh, it's Pixel Junk Shooter. Wow. Yeah. So that's I was, crazy. I was like, yeah. And so I remember playing that with him a whole bunch. And, uh, yeah, and it's it's crazy because, you know, the PlayStation 3 broke. I got a new one recently. And when I fired it up, it was the craziest thing because as soon as the PS3 came on, that cross-media bar mm-hmm. made him super nostalgic. Wow. he It was it was really weird to watch. Like, he was just like, oh, I miss this so much. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? <laughs> like, you missed the, You're the only one who's ever said that in history. He's nostalgic for <laughs> something true. that was like two years ago. <laughs> like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's the only one who's ever said he misses the cross-media bar, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, full, the whole faux gamers versus real gamers... Um, you know that I guess that would apply. Like anyone who's older than us, even could totally say that about us, just because like I never put a ton of time into Defender or like Donkey Kong Junior yeah, in the true. arcade. You know, so like these, the only real gamers in that definition would be people who are like forty five or something. You know, <laughs> and who only played, like played in arcades. That was the only way they yeah could who played play. Pong. You know, they played Pong all the way through PS four. You know, <laughs> and it's, and it's like, such a it's such a weird unique thing. Um, I guess it's not an, an incredibly unique. You have the same kind of like snob. It takes place other in other uh, areas, like with music. Yeah. Like, oh, I was like, you, you only like pop music? Oh, gosh, you don't even know what music <laughs> oh, is. Oh, yeah, and I, I'm way more guilty of that. <laughs> I'm, you know, and I am too, but and I, I, I recognize it. But it seems like it's a little more extreme in gaming for some reason. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's, it's such a new thing. It's such a new term that's coming yeah, out. Yeah, and I just want to tack on one last little bit to this discussion. Um, recently, I was, you know, playing uh, Heroes of the Storm, and one of the dudes in my match was like pretty good and we were like gelling together as like a, you know, a team or whatever. So like I added him to my friends list and we started playing a bit and eventually we started talking about like personal, like our personal lives and stuff. And he was like, so how old are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm 34. And he was like, what? And I was like, what? What's the big deal? <laughs> and he was like, I'm only 20. And I'm... I, <laughs> And I was like, he unfriended I, no, no, he didn't. But he was so weirded out by the fact that I was like close in age to, you know, someone that he would consider like an old, boring adult, you know, and, and I, it was just the weirdest reaction. I, I've never experienced. And, and like, so it's ageism. Well, it's ageism, David, and you don't have to I take mean, it. We're, we still, we're still friends. We still play together and stuff. Um, but like, something I had, I told him, I was basically like, age is just a number, man. Once you hit like, you know, 18, 20, something like that, people that are older than you, like just, they all start becoming peers all of a sudden and, and age yeah. doesn't matter. So like, it'll happen to Justzilla, 
Uh, yeah, one day, yeah, Jesse, he'll really be old soon. farts like us. Not, no, not even, not even. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, he's going to be a Peter happens, in a couple uh, years, you know, like, yeah, so true. I mean, way, way back in the day when I was a young and I was playing MechWarrior online on my dial up modem. Mm-hmm. It, I'm sure, you know, Jesse doesn't know what that is, <laughs> but. <laughs> oh, he knows. See, you're looking down on him already. I got into a group uh, that we play online competitively mm-hmm. on the Microsoft servers. And uh, I remember when we were playing MechWarrior 3, it was, you know, it was all good fun, having a really good time. And I got to know all these guys and everybody was older than I was, mm-hmm. like by at least like 10 years. But the cool advantage of that was like when MechWarrior 4 came out and we were still in this group together, um, I had posted like, hey, you know, I'll I'll hang out when I can, but like, um, you know, 16, I just started a new job. I don't have money to go out and buy the, the game right now. So when I can afford a game, I'll get it. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys in, in our like little group, like he just mailed me a copy oh, of the game. Oh, that's like, awesome. That's he was cool. like, Hey, and I was, I was like, I can't accept this. And he was like, man, I'm like, I'm like, th- you know, 38. I have disposable income. Don't worry about it. Pay it forward to somebody else. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. So, so just so yeah, uh, I mean, hit up Mike. He's got he a trying to romance you. you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was well, he, we're working on that. Mike was, was this older man trying to romance you by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> if, he, if he, he was he was doing a darn good job of it did he I was demand smitten. any kind of recompense oh, we were supposed to meet up it's no. oh. <laughs> so terrible uh, mike you want to <laughs> mike you want to do your topic uh sure and i feel like this is especially poignant now with mm. uh, alex being here yes i was kind of curious what you guys thought with um now that e3 has passed with microsoft announcing backwards compatibility mm-hmm They've got a pretty solid fall lineup uh, this year, and they've got a bunch of announced games for next year as well. So, like, I feel like they're in a really strong position right now. Now, obviously, Sony still has the the console lead as far as uh, consoles and home for the PS4. Yeah. But do you guys see, like, Sony's kind of have has a weaker lineup as far as this fall goes. Like, to my knowledge, the only thing that's coming Sony first party is God of War 3 Remake, mm-hmm. the Uncharted Collection. Which, that's... I mean, that's nothing to shake your wiener at, Mike. <laughs> no, 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 that's awesome. But it's not exactly something that nobody's seen before. Right. I mean, right, Mike, right. you can find so many things to shake your wiener at, but that's not one <laughs> of that's them. That's not one of them. That is not one of them. And I would never say so. Um, it's the best phrase I've ever heard. I love it. And maybe, I don't know, maybe No Man's Sky will get at the end of this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's that's basically all that's coming. It is kind of sparse uh, as really far sparse. as exclusives go. But if you look at everything that's releasing, there's still going to be a ton of stuff to no, play. Yeah, in, in 100%. So, but my, my focus on the exclusive, because what I'm curious of is with all these like first party uh, exclusives that Microsoft has coming up for the end of this year, for next year, and with the new backwards compatibility they have, do you guys see this as a form to close the gap, the, the sales gap with Sony? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's definitely a great opportunity for them because like we were talking about a few podcasts back, um, you know, it only takes so many great exclusives for me to pick up that other console, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I What was it, five? That's the magic number for me? I think so, you said so. <laughs> so you got Halo, you got Gears, you got... Um, Oh, Cup, Cuphead might have just done it. Oh, Cuphead looks real good. Cuphead could have done it on its own. That yeah. looks amazing. That looks so great. So, I mean, that's, yeah, definitely, I'm getting close. Like, this holiday season might be the Xbox One Christmas for this guy. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it definitely Tomb is Raider, for me. Below. Tomb Raider, Below. Yeah, there's there's a ton of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I think 
you know, just anecdotally, I know people who are on the fence who are about to buy an Xbox One, you know, and mm-hmm. and just usually when you know a few people that that's the case, that that's kind of the, you know, a lot of times that's the trend in the wider world as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do you guys think? I think it's going to it's going to close the gap. For I don't sure. know if it's going to 100 percent close the gap, though, because the PS4 has such a huge lead right now. Right. Isn't it like almost astronomical like, right now? Yeah, it's uh, PS4 is probably about 25 million sold at this point, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, remarkable. And um, yeah, I'm not sure. Microsoft hasn't released any sales numbers in quite a while. Okay. Um, I know the Xbox One is is selling great. It's still it's selling better than the 360 did at the same time. Hmm. But um, but yeah, I mean it's uh it's just it's just kind of nuts how um you know meteoric the the PS4 has been. So I I think it's partially because you know everyone even though Arkham Knight came out on um on Xbox One as well, I think uh, you know a lot of people that we know. Even even like Kimmy, who has an Xbox One, she got a Batman bundle to play it on PS4. <laughs> um, like so, it's there's this thing out there in everyone's head. I don't know if everyone, but in a lot of people's minds, like that the PS4 version is going to look a little bit better. So let's yeah. just get it on PS4. That is a huge advantage you know? that the PS4 has right now. Even if it's not terribly noticeable, you know, like it's just this tiny nagging thing, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I remember it was totally reversed last generation. A lot of the multi-platform yeah. games, it was like, oh, it looks a little bit better on 360 yep. again, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, but it was the exclusives that made the PS3 kind of eventually uh, catch up in sales and to where they were. I think both consoles ended up right around 80 million or so, 85 million, something like that. But um but yeah, I mean, I think Microsoft definitely closes the gap a bit, but I I don't see them overtaking Sony at this point. It's- I don't see them overtaking either. My my son has an Xbox One. He's super excited about backwards compatibility, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's going to push a lot of people over the edge, and that, that alone is going to push yeah. people over. If they were on the fence about getting an Xbox One because they have a 360 right now, backwards compatibility is going to be the thing to, to push them. So. I, I don't think they'll overtake, but they'll definitely get close. Yeah, this this holiday is going to be good for Microsoft. I think we're going to see probably a, at least a few months uh, this year where Xbox One is outselling the PS4. Yeah, um, and then maybe right maybe Sony responds. Yeah, maybe Sony responds with a price drop or you know more crazy bundles. Who knows? But uh, but yeah, yeah. Okay, we I, th- I think we've quick. answered your question, Mike. <laughs> I feel satisfied with your answers. And, and I think that you may move I think on. that my question will also go, or my topic will also go pretty quickly too, uh, which is good because it's we're kind of this podcast get a little long in the tooth now, as it were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but here's my topic. Um, so lately, season passes are all the rage. Um, mm-hmm. Like every game that comes out has one, and uh, Rocksteady recently revealed that you could eventually get all of the Batman Arkham Knight pre-order bonuses in addition to a bunch of other DLC like the Batgirl thing that we talked about earlier um, if you buy the season pass for just thirty nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys... The low, low price. Yeah, for the low, low price. So what do you guys think about these <laughs> video game season passes? Um, do you think they're worth it? Are they worth the money? Um or are they just a sneaky way for publishers to raise the prices of video games without actually raising them? I mostly don't like them. I got to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it when a game comes out and it's just, you know, just kind of done. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been some exceptions. I'd say for the most part, the way I handle season passes like is like the way I handle any DLC. I wait until the content they're talking about has come mm-hmm. out. 
and I see if it's worth the money. Yeah. Well, don't they um, usually get rid of season passes by the last DLC? I feel like that's the case most of the it, time. I don't know. Like by the, uh, at least in, in my kind of history of doing it, I've been buying season passes for games occasionally. Um, way after all the content huh. released, like I, I got uh, barrel at sea for Bioshock infinite. Mm-hmm. Like they did the, the challenge maps and they did the two parts. Uh, and that I think was all the content that was ever going to come out with the, with the season pass. And I guess it would have made sense to get rid of the season pass at that yeah. point because the episodes were more expensive to buy individually as uh-huh. DLC. Yeah, and that's the only reason I did that one. I think that might be the only season pass I've ever oh, bought wow. was that Bioshock Infinite one because, yeah, I think the buy alone, I think it was like 20 bucks or something for the season pass or you could buy each one for $15. And I was like, yeah. well, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's irrational. It's going to be great. I'll just buy it. But it is that pre-order thing, you know? It's just a pre-order in disguise of all the DLC. Yeah, it really is. Um, and, you know, a lot of people don't mind. Uh, I don't usually buy DLC, though, so it really has to be compelling. Um, now, that said, this Batman DLC, so far, looks all, all of it, it looks, looks really good. cool. I um, was about to say, I I, ne- I never cared about about DLC, about any of the, um, about any of that. I never cared about it. And mm-hmm. I loved Bioshock Infinite and I had read the reviews about Burial at Sea. I heard it was great, but it, it never, I, I just never did it. Mm-hmm. It is arguably better than Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. After, after seeing that trailer for A Matter of Family, the, the Batgirl DLC, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, it's a tough one, right? <laughs> I want to play it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I understand because DLC, I mean, kind of, I'm in the same boat, like for even for games I love, like I love Dragon Age Inquisition. Like I platinumed it. It was a great game. Mm-hmm. And they have this DLC that's come out and it's supposed to be really good. And I don't know, between like the other games that I have to play, I feel like that's a game I've already finished. I don't really want to pay some more money so I can play it a little <laughs> bit more. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that's uh, it's got to be really, really compelling. And I can never shake the feeling that this isn't the real game. This is just like a little part of this. Yeah, it never feels as thing. connected to the to the story, and so like that's why Burial at Sea is pretty good because it doesn't really try to be connected. It's like it's like a sequel. Yeah, almost. exactly. That's true. So, oh, it's so good too. Yeah. Um, and well, uh, an exception to that, what I, I would say, um, and Adam, I know you'd probably agree with me is mass effect Two. Oh yeah, yes. definitely. Yeah, and we, and we've talked about DLC that. that integrates in, um, like the, uh, shadow broker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. DLC. It's like seamless. Like you would never know. Like, and I didn't when I, when I, yeah, played I it. bought the collector's edition of, of mass effect. Uh, so when I played that part of it, I had no idea that content was DLC until yeah. like I read it online. Like that wasn't in the game. Like that's, it blows my mind that you might have missed mm-hmm. that. Mm hmm. So occasionally, man, DLC's tough. Yeah. <laughs> it's really tough. I'm confused just talking about it. Here's here's my take. I was I was thinking about it a little. For me, like the season pass almost is almost never worth it. But that's like I said because I don't usually get DLC. However, games are getting more and more expensive to make. Exactly. And so they and they probably should have gone up to sixty five or seventy dollars yeah. this generation. I, that's the point I was going to make. Um, they the prices haven't changed in like over 10 years now in inflation yeah so we're paying but like we, 20 dollars less per game than we would have been oh 10 years yeah ago. yeah i mean but you know had had they raised the prices of uh ps4 xbox one games you know we would all freaked mm-hmm. out like you know the internet would have exploded like oh, i can't believe it's an outrage you know but this is i mean really yeah we're paying so little for games when you account for inflation mm-hmm. at this point that 
This is just a way for publishers to help maximize their investments and stay profitable, which we need them to do if we want to keep playing these awesome games like Batman. So Yeah. Um, and it's also a way for them to cut into the used game market, which steals yeah, a bunch of money from them. Exactly. So I mean, yeah, the longer you can get people to keep your game, the more copies you're gonna sell that are new that you actually get paid for when you're the publisher, you know, like because they don't make anything off those used game sales. So Yeah. And I wonder if that trend might the trend of like having all this additional DLC and season passes may go away when games are just all digital and there is no more used market. Yeah. I mean, if they, if they don't have to incentivize you to keep the disc anymore, then, you know, maybe there isn't quite such a push from the publishers to get all this DLC out Hmm. there, but you know, yeah, I, 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 uh, I just found an inflation calculator really quick. I wanted to bring this back up. Um, so in 2005, $60, was worth in today's money uh, seventy three dollars and six cents. So in two thousand five, <laughs> we were basically paying seventy three dollars and six cents for every video game. Mm-hmm. So and now we only. And if pay you 16. think back, like, like what? How much was that? Uh, the gold cart for Zelda back in the NES? Well, days it was just a, that was a pre order bonus, but that was what was that nineteen ninety eight? And that was it probably looked, f- what were were N sixty four games fifty dollars back then. Uh, I fifty nine. I think were they sixty dollars? If I'm not mis- if I'm not mistaken, I could be totally wrong about this. But if I'm not mistaken, when I I bought Zelda for the N sixty four, the price rang up to be sixty four dollars huh. after tax. Okay, well that would be eighty seven dollars and fifty four cents in today's money. Yeah, so I mean that that's kind of crazy. Like, and I think on PlayStation one, PlayStation two, I think I was paying fifty dollars yeah, for a game. Yeah. Um, but again, that was uh, you know the discs were cheaper than the cartridges, but. But yeah, I mean, it was uh, even so. I mean, that adjusted for inflation now is way more than what we pay. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's we're kind of lucky, and also that we have these other tiers of of pay. Like sometimes these, uh, you know, a game like Ratchet and Clank into the Nexus comes out, and it's forty bucks. You know, yeah, things like that. So, um, you know, there's there's some leeway there, and a lot of indie games are ten, fifteen, twenty bucks. Um, so there's, you know, we're we're able to still feed into the market without hitting that $60 price point, which is kind of crazy, you know, when you think about how little we're spending, but yeah, I mean, they, this is just, like I said, just a way for the publishers to keep making money and making good games. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, where, you know, I'm not going to necessarily go out and buy every season pass, but God bless the people who are, cause <laughs> you're helping make the next Batman. That's game. right. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good way to sum it up actually. Yeah. You people keep doing that. <laughs> you, you guys keep doing that. I think it's a terrible idea, but you do it. <laughs> this concludes the fiscal responsibility part of our podcast. <laughs> that's amazing. All right, you guys. End of the show plugs for men. For men. Yes, for four men. For four men. <laughs> for four men who follow the rules. <laughs> Help support the show for $0 by signing up for a free audiobook on audibletrial.com slash SBFVGS. What was the name of that book again, Alex? Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Check, I'm going to go check yes, this out. Or Yes, Please by Amy Poehler. It, it, or yes, please, by Amy. Not not to undermine you your pick, Alex, but I just I just finished You're, reading it. It's kind of undermining. I'm on a, I'm on a little bit honest. of a high. I'm on a little bit of a high. Just I just finished reading the book. <laughs> hey hey da- David, who who's the super guest friend here? Right? <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Come on, oh, come know, on. Know your place, okay. David. <laughs> <laughs> if you like the show, leave us an iTunes review. That would help us out quite a bit. Follow us on Twitter. 
SBF VGS podcast. Um, I am Barry White, B-U-R-Y-W-I-T-E. Mike is Taco Douglas. David is David J. Tate. And Alex doesn't believe in Twitter. <laughs> Does he not believe it exists? No, I, I, I'm not. A, I, I don't. I've never heard it. Never seen huh. it. Where I can't hold it. Can I hold it? Nope. <laughs> he doesn't believe it exists. Um, you can find us on PSN. Um, same names for David and I. Um, Mike is taco underscore Douglas, as you all know. Alex, mm-hmm. do you want to plug your uh, PSN? Truck of goons. Oh, nice. Truck of goons. All one word. All I like it. I'll add you right now. Yes. Cool. Excellent. So, uh, yeah, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash SBFVGS or follow the blog at SBFVGSpodcast.wordpress.com. I'll level with you. All I ever post on the blog is the link to the episode. So, <laughs> But, it, man, it looks real pretty, doesn't it? It does it? look it does. nice, though. I like the, I like the layout. WordPress, you, they, you they know what's job. going on. It looks very nice, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again, Alex, for being our super guest friend tonight. It was awesome having you on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Yes. That's all the time we have for Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover, episode 21. Thank you for listening. We'll be back every two weeks with more old-timer ramblings on gaming. Hit us up on Twitter or Facebook with your questions, topics, or musings if you want to be part of the show. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Yay! Goodbye. Goodbye. I would search the universe for you, Adam. Every star. You too, David. <laughs> <laughs>